Well, hello and welcome back to Exhale with Jake. This is Jake, and this is Can You See It? Part 4. I have a dream, and I want to give a, a few disclaimers before I jump into the episode. The first of which is that, ironically, I did not plan to sit down and record this episode uh, on January 15th, which in turn turns out to be Martin Luther King's actual birthday. I knew we were getting uh, close to Martin Luther King Day, but I did not intend uh, to use uh, his birthday or anything else like that. Uh, it literally happened uh, completely by coincidence. As I wrote out this uh, this episode uh, last week and have been working on it for a week or so, and as I went through the I Have a Dream speech and uh, how it potentially ties in uh, with creating a vision for yourself, um, I was kind of shocked today to see that it was his actual birthday. So happy birthday uh, to one of the greatest men who ever lived. And also another quick disclaimer, um, I am very aware that I am a white man. And I say that because uh, I have a specific lens that I see the world through. I have a specific paradigm. Um, I have a specific way of seeing the world that I will only be able to see at times due to um, this paradigm that I'm under. And so everything that I say, uh, I just really hope that the main thing that comes across is love. It's love for Dr. King. It's love for you. And the fact that um, somehow maybe you can connect to the power of having a dream. And uh, that's really what I want to try to get across. And if if, uh, that comes across, then I've succeeded. And I have so much love and so much respect for Dr. King. And so uh, as I move through this episode, I just want to say that because, um, you know, we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. And um, even as I talk about progress throughout the episode, I uh, absolutely want to honor and to know that uh, we still have a long way to go uh, for civil rights and for the rights of uh, women and uh, for the rights of um, our LGBTQ community. Um, We're getting better, but by no means, uh, as I talk through this episode, do I think that we're there Um, and I'm aware of my own paradigms. So excuse, uh, those paradigms and lens that I see. And I hope that the colorless nature of myself, the soul, the spirit comes through in this episode. And, um, I hope you find some power through it because as I was, I'll be completely honest with you. As I was writing out this episode, I was completely overtaken emotionally a couple times, just listening to the speech again. And understanding what uh, Dr. Keen was going through at the time, and just this man's ability to trust his gut and his and his dream, and to trust his maker through the entire process is truly extraordinary. So, without further ado, and please excuse any blind spots, and I hope that you sense the love in this, and I hope that you find the love, and I hope that um, on a special day, which is Dr. King's birthday, that you're able to um, appreciate and adore this man um, for all that he has done and all that he continues to do um, in our world. So without further ado, here's Can You See It? Part 4. I Have a Dream.
One of the greatest speeches of all time was given by Martin Luther King Jr. It was a speech that was given on August 28, 1963, at the March on Washington in Washington, D.C. Most all of us know this speech. We have Martin Luther King Day once a year, and we honor him. And we honor the brilliance of his work and the eventual freedoms that followed um, for the African-American community, even though we still have a long way to go. But I do wonder how much of the actual speech, how much of the actual power of the person of Dr. King is lost on us because it's so well known. You know, I have a dream are four bold words. It isn't we have a dream. It's I have a dream. And if you take into the context of when King was writing and giving this speech, the outer world seemed pretty hopeless. If anything, it seemed to be getting worse. There were riots, church bombings, murders, and things that we will probably never know about. We've all seen the footage that seems to be coming more from a horror movie than the actual reality. And this is the backdrop where Martin Luther King Jr. Um, was coming from, where he was creating from. And to have a dream in this setting is to really have a dream, for he could not see it in the physical reality. So where could he see this vision is begs the question. And the answer is the vision was in him. You know, from a very analytical approach, one might say that Dr. King never saw his dream as he was murdered just a few years after giving uh, this speech of his dream. But this is the part that I find personally most powerful about Dr. King. And it may potentially tie into you as you develop your dream and your vision. Dr. King trusted what was going on inside of him more than what was going on outside of him. If he was going solely on what was going on outside of him, what was visible, he would have been completely depleted. But there was something more. There was something unseen in him that he was inspired by. And the key difference for Dr. King versus most of us is that he believed more in his vision, in his inspiration, than he did the exterior world. Martin Luther King Jr. trusted himself. He trusted God and he trusted himself that God was speaking to him and had a vision for him. And as a pastor, he could have given the vision to his congregation and inspired them to then take the vision forward, but he didn't have a dream for just his congregation. He had a dream for everyone. And I'll be honest, I wish more pastors had a dream for everyone and not just the congregation that they serve and deem the chosen ones. I yearn for more spiritual leaders like King, if I'm honest, someone who dreams for all of us. But he did it different. Again, he had a dream for everyone. Now that's a rather large-sized dream, not just to change his congregation, not just to change his city or his state, but to change history and to go up against a completely and utterly strong paradigm of the times. And we have all seen this story and this person from the inside out and from the perspective and context of time, some almost 60 years 
later. And we all see the progress that's been made, but we see through the lens of the present moment, through the lens of what is. We cannot and we'll never be able to actually see or understand what it was like then. We can only imagine, but even that is a far cry. But it was one man with one dream. I have a dream. He did not hide behind a group of people. He didn't say we have a dream, and he didn't behind he didn't hide behind and weaken his dream by saying, you know, I have an idea, or I have a goal. No, he said, I, me, I have a dream. I have a dream that history can change. Now, most of us have goals. We have intentions. We have a laundry list of things we want to do, things we want to get done and just move about life, checking things off, moving from one goal to the next. I doubt King's dream was a New Year's resolution. I even doubt that King's dream was a goal. You know, I don't imagine him saying, you know, I'm going to create a speech and I'm going to create this whole idea and the end goal is to persuade everyone and I'm going to do such a good job of marketing and getting the word out that I'm going to have, let's say, 250,000 people show up in the Washington area to hear me speak. Yeah, that's it. Let's write this down because, you know, they say it's important to write this down, this goal stuff. And, you know, I should probably reach out to some marketing departments to see who can scale this for me. And we should probably go ahead and get in touch with Washington people uh, to check to see if 250,000 people are okay. Like, is it okay for us to have that many people there? If not, we should probably maybe shoot for the goal of like 150,000. Yeah, that seems more comfortable. I'll tell you what. I'll wait here and work on the intention and the goal setting process. And you guys get back with me and we will reverse engineer this. Absolutely not. But how how similar does this sound? If you utter a goal that you have, I want to start a new business. Oh, great. It, it, nobody asks you what the dream is. They want to know the details. You know what one of my favorite parts of the story is? Do you know when Dr. King's team was scoping out the place where the speech would be given to see if they could even hold people the night before? Do you know when they were writing and editing the speech to be given? The night before. He was editing and he was editing the speech and asking for advice the night before. This breaks so many rules in the communications and copywriting and marketing world that I know very well. I can't even tell you. But here's something even crazier. And this is from an article I found about his speech. So King was feeling a little nervous, rightfully so. And he had asked one of his aides about his speech. And here's an excerpt from the article. The night before the March on Washington, on the 28th of August, 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. asked his aides for advice about the next day's speech. Don't use the lines about I have a dream, his, advi his advisor Wyatt Walker told him. It's trite. It's cliche. You've used it too many times already. So the night goes on and on. There's all kind of conflicting reports on what he should or shouldn't do. And here's my second favorite part of the story. The first part favorite, you won't believe, but here's my second favorite. After a wide range of conflicting suggestions from his staff, King left the lobby at the Willard Hotel in D.C. to put the final touches to a speech he hoped would be received in his words like the Gettysburg Address. And this is what King says, I am now going upstairs to my room to counsel with my Lord. He told them, I will see you all tomorrow. So he does so. And what this article goes on to say is that it was a really long day that day. I mean, the crowd was big, but they were tired. 
And I don't know if you've ever been to Washington, D.C., but I have in the summer, and I'm just going to tell you that it is hotter than hell. I mean, there are very few trees, and it's just hot. I've visited a friend there, and we did all the touring, and it was hot. So anyways, the article goes on to say that the crowd was pretty tired by the time King's turn came to speak. So he starts to read out his speech that was written for him, and it's going okay. But like any good speaker, he can tell the crowd isn't where he wants them to be. So he sets the notes aside. And then the article tells us, Then King grabbed the podium and set his prepared text to his left. When he was reading from his text, he stood like a lecturer, Jones says. But from the moment he set that text aside, he took on the stance of a Baptist preacher. Jones turned to the person standing next to him and said, These people don't know it, but they're about to go to church. (laughs) I love that line. That is so good. A smattering of applause filled a pause more pregnant than most. And then he says, So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. Oh, shit, Walker said. He's using the dream, and of course, the rest is history. And in the close is my favorite part. For all of King's careful preparation, the part of the speech that went on to enter into the history books was added extemporaneously while he was standing on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, speaking speaking in full light to the crowd. I know that on the eve of his speech... It was not in his mind to revisit the dream, Joan says from the article. And this is my absolute favorite part. He didn't plan on using I have a dream. I have no idea what would have happened if he didn't include that. But that touch of inspiration, that divine trusting of himself, and that moment of all moments to go off cuff and trust yourself, wow. There are so many parts of this story and this speech that are lessons for us. And as it ties to vision, this is the main lesson I think the king is telling us. Have a dream. A dream is inspired. A dream is eternal. A dream is from somewhere. God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. A goal is temporary. It's small. And it's most likely about you. A dream is about we, not me. A dream is captivating. A dream is something that when shit is hitting the fan all around you, a dream is larger than your outside world. When things are hitting the fan, when when things seem hopeless, especially when things seem hopeless, a dream is what you dedicate your life to and maybe even worth dying for. Most of us, If not all of us, we'll never face any real danger from our dream, from our vision. But you know you're getting close when you be willing to sacrifice this life for it. A dream also does not come from thinking or planning for one. It is not going to come from you, from that little voice that is constantly playing in your head and is analyzing and judging and it's angry, etc., etc. You know the voice I'm talking about. The dream is going to come in the least expected way, and it's when you let go. 
I do believe in a divine creator and that divine creator created you. And that divine creator sends inspiration down when we get the hell out of the way. How do we get out of the way? We get out of our minds and we get our minds out of the way and we let our hearts open. It's really that simple. And dreams don't come from fear. They come from love. And love is the most powerful force on earth. And love is eternal and always prevails over fear. And the last part and the most important part I want you to know, and I know because most of the time I am writing this stuff so I can hear it. And then I send it out. But I want to let you know this. The dream you have, the dream that will come to you is perfectly suited for you to carry out. Martin Luther King Jr. was given this dream, and he was the perfect person to carry it out. He did not choose when and where he was born. He did not choose to be born black or white. He did not choose the time frame in history from when he was born, and he certainly didn't choose to have a life that ended short. But he did choose, or better said, and maybe better yet, what he accepted was his dream. And he followed it the whole way, like a North Star, because for him it really was a dream, because it never happened in his lifetime. Or better said, he never saw it, but it was happening. Where was it happening? It was happening in the invisible, in the very force and fabric and energy of life that we don't understand, we can't see, and your mind is never going to grasp. He was not a perfect man. I am sure at times he doubted. I am sure at times he struggled. But he never let go of his dream because his dream was that good and that true. And and it wasn't about him. It was about me. So if you have your journal, now is the time to write. I want you to take all of your New Year's goals and I want you to place them all after the following statement. So I want you to write down, I have a dream, dot, 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 dot. Now I want you to fill in your New Year's resolutions after that. Put them all down, even the ones you may not want to admit. Do you want to earn $200,000 this year? Do you want to start your own company? Do you want to lose 10 pounds? Write out, I have a dream, in front of them, and then write them out. Now after you've done this, I want you to get out of your head. And I want you to take the trip down to your heart and ask yourself, are these inspiring? Because if they're not inspiring, then chances are they won't work. And don't judge and beat yourself up here. Don't even think about it. Just admit that it's not inspiring and release it. Now, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to imagine that you are like Martin Luther King Jr. And you have to give a speech to a crowd of 250,000 people. And they are there to hear what you have to say, what your dream is. There's people that are introducing you, and now it's your turn. You have the script of life that everyone wants you to say. You have your advisors, authority figures giving you advice. But I want you to throw that sheet of paper down, and now you have to come from the other place somewhere deep inside of you that is risky and that is daring and that is trusting. What do you want to say? 
the eyes of the crowd, they're waiting on you. They're yearning to hear from you. They're yearning to hear your dream so you can inspire them too. I have a dream. What is that dream? It's okay if you don't know it yet, but this is the place in which you will know that if you can envision yourself stepping up to this podium and looking people into their eyes and speaking from your heart, not others' hearts who told you what to write or to leave parts out, but your heart, what are you going to say? I have a dream. This is my vision. Can you see it? This is the point of your life. This is why you were here. You were here to dream, and you were here to share it with us. You were here to inspire us. You were here for us. Please help us. What gift are you withholding from us? What dream are you withholding from us? We need it. Look around. We are all suffering to some degree, and maybe your dream can help in some way. We need you. We need your help. We need your dream. We need you. So step up to the podium and tell us what you see. Let the divine in you guide you through your heart so you can say it. And let go of how it sounds or who will approve or if you can scale it or if it's going to be the next Steve Jobs. When you know you have something is when you say it and you don't care what people think because you want to see it go through. If you want meaning... If you want purpose, if you want joy, if you want wholeness, if you want love, I have a dream. If you want to care for sick children, if you want to help people with their taxes, if you want to help people with their unique marketing tools to help others thrive, I have a dream. If you want to inspire people to beauty with your art, if you want to start a nonprofit that helps people, if you want to share your creativity with the world, I have a dream. Here is a secret to so much of life. Whatever you think the world is withholding from you, you are withholding from the world. I'll say this again because it's one of the wisest teachings of our time from Eckhart Tolle. Whatever you think the world is withholding from you, you are withholding from the world. You must dream not only for you, but for us. And the most beautiful and remarkable part of all of this, it can come true. If you leave, and I'll leave you with this dream that in fact came true from one man, from one dream that became the dream that shaped our entire reality as we see it today. Never, ever underestimate your dream. I say to you today, my friends, so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. 
I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racist, one day there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair and a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. And with this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. And when this happens... And when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, we will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Thank you, Dr. King, for your dream. Now it's our turn to honor you with ours. Take care of yourself, take care of your loved ones, and take care of your dreams. Until next time, friends.